Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast, a throwback edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. This episode aired in our first season and we are re-releasing it here. Uh, Just a couple of notes. We have been hard at work watching movies. We may not have wanted to. Uh, We recently watched The Notebook and also watched a little classic called Mamma Mia uh, that will be coming out soon. Uh, Those editions of the show will be Bad Weather After Dark episodes that we are posting on our subscription channel. Check out the subscription to hear JP and I and special guests and friends of the show discuss movies we may not have otherwise watched, if not for listeners suggesting we watch them. Um, Otherwise, this is another helpful episode. I think we're going to talk about post-divorce and mid-divorce mistakes in this one, so uh, get an earful of that and, you know, (laughs) make your own mistakes. You're going to make some. It's inevitable. But uh, anyway, thanks again for listening and enjoy. All right, here we go. Everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really, I haven't thought about my ex today. Oh, wait. Fuck, I just did. But I went outside for the... Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, JP Hurley. Joining me this week, Jonathan Miller. What's going on, John? This is the sound of my voice. Got it. Nailed it. Every time. I can't not do it right. It's the only thing I can do right. (laughs) It's impossible to fail at that. Yeah, you start every podcast off on a win. That's right. That's how I do it, baby. I just stack them up after that. Usually just the one, but sometimes I stack them up. (laughs) Another person that all he does is win, Brian Badweather Burns. What's going on, Brian? This is not the sound of John's voice. That's right. He's right. This is Brian. See? It's Brian. how we do that, you guys? Mm -hmm. We got it all worked out. Yeah. two-hour meeting before we recorded to get that figured out. <laughs> now that we've cleared up any confusion about what our voices sound like, we do actually have a great podcast this week for you guys. This time we want to talk about post-divorce mistakes. And in fact, I think we want to kind of hone in on maybe like the first year because that's kind of like the most crucial time frame, I guess. Um, so we're going to kind of have like um, a couple things. We're going to Google some things. And we're going to have a little bit of a Brian's office type of thing. So Brian's going to be asking a lot of questions. And John and I are going to try to uh, maybe talk about some of our mistakes that we've made in our first year also. Just kind of like have this be uh, a little bit more intimate. Yeah, so, that'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to walking the line between inappropriate, uh, informa- too much information and intimate and helpful. This one might require some uh, fancy editing, actually, for once. Shoot. Dang it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Name Uh. redacted. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I was, um, I I think we're, well, we've recorded over, we're in double digits of recordings. Like, so we have double digit listeners now. I think we're up to 10 and double digit recordings. So this is a new one every time. That's right. This is a big day. But one person that I just found out last night has listened to every single episode is my brother. And um, this is kind of cool because he's been divorced for 12 years now. And so, you know, like he knows he's been around the block, knows what he's talking about. Um, He said he's a fan of the show, but I I told you guys already, his one feedback was... um, it, it sounds like you guys 
are too smart. Like you have it all together. I know there must be more to the story. Like he, he must, you, he's listening to a different show. We don't sound that. What smart. did you do wrong? What, you know, <laughs> what, what, where did you fall flat? What, 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 uh, what are the low moments? Um, Time to get a little dumb up in here. Right. Yeah. yeah so well. I was like, okay, that's fair. Um, that, that, that seems reasonable. Uh, so I, I pitched it to you guys and, and here we go. And we caught it. We're gonna try. Yeah, we're, that's not what you do with a catch. You're supposed to hit. Hit well, the, my the my pitches. My pitches are really easy to catch. There. Right. Yeah, but you don't just, catch a pitch. You hit the pitch, don't you? Hit the pitch. Well, if it's a strike, like we want to, uh, want some strikes. If right? you're the catcher, we want to hit it out of the park. Or if you're the catcher. catchers. Yeah, I was thinking I was his catcher. Like he's pitching it to me, and I was catching. I'm lost on the metaphor, you guys. Continue. It could go either way. That's a really good point. We should discuss this. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is fruitless. <laughs> I guess yeah. you're right, Miller. The point is probably to hit it out of the park. So let's go with your your batting analogy. Let's take a let's take a swing and see if we can hit it out of the let's park. Let's yeah, let's take a couple swings at this. Doesn't so, matter where it goes. We're just gonna swing big. Just try let's, to make contact, boys. So yeah. just to get the discussion started, I have Googled something. Maybe um just for tradition's sake, I will let John set this up. Or actually, right now we're on a Zoom meeting and your name is uh your son's name. So I uh, I'm not going to say Beautiful. your son's name. I love yeah. how I change that every week, and it just keeps on coming back. He just must be like, like, he must be have like Zoom girlfriends or something. He's always on this. What is yeah. he doing on here? That's oh my, we're gonna have to figure this out. Okay, shoot, <laughs> make a note. Zoom, my he's guy. got a web channel. Did you know that? <laughs> That's what yeah, it is. Well, he actually does have a YouTube channel. Uh, there you go. Title redacted, but yeah, he does. Um, okay, you ready? Set us up. Set us up. It's time for JP Google something. Yeah, nice. That's all 10 of our listeners are currently clapping. You can't Just hear a that. Smattering of applause. Yeah, it's like the golf, the golf clapping. Milk That's toast it. applause. Yeah. <laughs> I have Googled something and I found a cool website. I actually Googled here. Let me see exactly what the verbatim was that I Googled. I Googled. Um, most common mistakes post-divorce. And I didn't I relegate that. it to men specifically. I found a couple of websites, but the one that stood out the most was from collinsfamilylaw.com. And by the way, almost every single returned search was like a legal, um, some sort of law firm. So like it was mm-hmm. a, like yeah. a legal. Lawyers legal know their, their business. They know their SEO business yeah. for sure. They are exactly. filling up that website and that blog with divorce content. So they you got it. get your business. Good and them. this, and honestly, this is the only one that I found that didn't lead off with saying, um, your first mistake is not hiring an attorney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your second mistake is not hiring us for your attorney. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I actually found one that was like relatively unbiased. And this was like, I said, <clears throat> collinsfamilylaw.com. And it is entitled on the header, the H1 copy, five mistakes to avoid in life after divorce for men. So it's real. That's um, right down the, the pipe here. Yeah, That's right. right down the pipe. We got. If take somebody was pitching something, this is right down Broadway. I'd catch That's the shit out of that pitch. Is what yep. I would do. <laughs> that is a strike. <laughs> uh, and number one, and I might just rattle these off, and then we'll kind of like open things up uh, to Brian to ask us some questions and have uh, maybe John and I show a little bit of humility and discuss some of the mistakes that we made in our first year as well. Number one, going into isolation. The context behind this is men's behavior after divorce can be self-destructive. Without their wives to lean on, many men can find it difficult to know who to turn to for love and support. Yeah, I imagine that's a problem. I don't, 
I don't think I made that mistake, but I do know guys uh, who are recently divorced the two or three years. I can think of one specifically uh, that I know and mutual friends have said like, boy, I never see that guy anymore. I don't, don't know what's going on with that guy. So like uh, check in with him, you know, and it seems like he just wants to go fishing and hunting and doesn't really want to do anything social. So <laughs> do what you want, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's uh, that, that's a fine line. Make sure you get out and meet somebody, do something. I, I haven't had that problem. I'm i I'm the other, I'm the other way. I, yeah. I bleed all over my sleeves and then make sure everybody knows it. That's my yeah, problem. You're going to spill your blood on people. I, I'm the same <laughs> way too. Like I, I feel like it's the other way around. Like when friends of mine get married, that's when they disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they get divorced or they go through a breakup, then they kind of like reappear onto the scene. It's like, Hey, like I know that, you know, I was gone for the last 10 years, but here I am I'm back. That's a good point. We should do a companion show to this. That is uh, five of the biggest mistakes to make after you get married. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake number one, not hiring an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> yep. First step in getting married, hire a divorce attorney. Uh, John, I would say I'm similar to you. Um, I didn't really, maybe like right away I went into isolation because that was, was a little bit more like just trying to digest what's happened and sure. figure things out, get my, my things sorted. And then, yeah. And then you kind of like, you lean on friends and family and therapists and, and then you do it all over again, rinse and repeat type of thing. Yeah. I think it can be really hard for guys to be vulnerable with people if they're not used to doing that. So it's certainly probably before your divorce, but certainly like going into the process, it's, it's easy to hide and not talk about that stuff. If you're in that shock, yeah. that shock zone we were talking about in one of our first episodes. Brian, anything to add to that one? Uh, I just think isolating is so natural to men, you know, play turtle, lose yourself in the woods, go in the garage, the man cave. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that is actually pretty helpful, but, um, as a, as a permanent go-to strategy for months, yeah, that's going to be a very lonely, not moving forward place. So, yeah. Number two, mistake number two is re-entering the dating game too soon, which is kind of probably the complete opposite of the first one. It's like, instead of going into isolation, I'm going to go into uh -huh. the dating game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, John's uh, got a big smile right now. Hey, are these in order according to the list of severity? Like, is it ranked or is this, do we yeah, even know? I would say they're ranked, yeah, because they're pretty clear. Like, it was kind of a, a deliberative thing to have them in this order. Huh. Uh, well, I'll wait to see what the rest are, but I don't yeah. know about that. What, uh, is there a description or like a subhead, JP, to this one? Uh, yeah, so I'll read that. It says sometimes divorce is a much needed relief from a relief from a toxic relationship. Other times it can be a life-altering catastrophe that ends in heartbreak. Movies tend to portray women as the ones who experience most of the emotional distress, while men's are often depicted as being hardened or unfazed by the ending of a marriage. The reality is that women initiate the vast majority of divorces, according to sociologists at uh, at Stanford University. And the pain of divorce for men is often worse than it is for women. And then it goes in to um, the last sentence of the subhead, how men handle divorce uh, affects the course of the rest of their lives. Here, we'll talk about the life after divorce for men and how they can avoid common mistakes that lead to suffering during an important recovery period of their lives. That's all underneath the subhead of dating too early? Or that was, no, 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 I'm sorry. That I, thought, I thought you wanted the overall subhead. This oh, was no, the, I'm sorry. I just wanted yep. the... The, if there was one for dating too early, if there's there is, I can do that too. You might yeah. might have to like, um, and I think that's actually good context because Brian wanted to know if these are all in order in any sort of specific order, and maybe it's a no. These are just yeah. five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So number two, re-entering the dating game too soon. The subject for that was one of the most common coping mechanism used by men after divorce to heal from a painful, um, breakup is to find a new relationship right away. You thought you were done forever with dating. So it can be exciting to jump back into the world of dating once again. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody could have, uh, could be accused of having made this mistake, I guess I would, I would own up to that though. I think it's only a mistake if you're like, if you're hurting other people, if you're, right. if you're getting into uh, relationships too early and like lying to people about it, if uh, if you're self-destructive, I think if you're honest with the people you're meeting and dating about like exactly where you're at and taking things slow and mindfully, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a huge mistake. It could, it could be depending on how you do it. I really, I'm mean, gonna, and I think Brian's gonna have something in the same pocket here. I really think it is a mistake to jump back in too soon, and and that's a relative term. Uh, but I think it's a mistake because you are kicking the bucket farther down the road for your own problems that you may not have addressed yet, and, uh, and you're kind of like it's the avoidance thing. Um, and I will give a personal example before Brian actually goes into some of his questions. Um, my personal um, example would be within days of me, like discovering that my marriage was over, I decided like, and this was almost out of spite. I'm going to jump back in just to see what's out there and maybe not make any sort of connection meaningfully. Mm -hmm. I right away, just kind of like, see what this is about. Like dating apps had changed significantly since I was last single. So I was kind of curious also. Mm -hmm. And the very first time that I, you know, made a connection with somebody and I was chit-chatting with them, I realized very quickly that like, this is bad, very bad. I remember uh, John, you're, I told you this in detail too. I was talking with her and she had um, specific examples about her kids and how she's got like this custody battle going on and she's going to oh, go yeah. to court next week. Um, and her ex is trying to move out of the state and take more custody. And it's like this oh, big bloodbath of problems. And I was like instantly overwhelmed. I'm like, I cannot do this right now. And yeah. I deleted those apps, even though I spent money on the premium subscription version of it. Yeah, I deleted the apps. I'm like, I'm done. And I will not go back to this. And I, I did take a, like a nice long break because I, I, I was so stressed out from that. Mm -hmm. How long <clears> was your break? Um, well, that's it's a real funny story there too. But um, I actually was able to stay away for a nice maybe, long 10 minute break. Yeah, may, maybe honestly, like a couple of months. And it wasn't until uh, I realized my buddy was doing it. And he was kind of in the same position I was uh, fresh out of uh, like, actually currently, you know, both of us are currently, you know, going through the divorce process. So we're not fresh out of a marriage. We're still getting divorced. Sure. And I'm like, well, he's doing it. So I'm going to do it too. And that, and that buddy was uh, sitting across me right now on the screen. This is the sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I started, I started swiping again. I was a little bit more, I was better prepared to, you know, talk to people again so like it was i was fine but um, yeah so yeah. boy yeah the um you get in real deep with people real fast sometimes and that, yeah. get, that's that can be overwhelming and i i think um you want to be prepared once you do jump into that to be able to say no or just like just recognize things that are just that you're just not uh prepared for available for don't have the energy for and gee, sorry, uh, nothing personal, but I just don't have the space to talk to you about your custody battle with your kids right now. So yeah. have good luck and have, have a nice time or whatever. But yeah, getting in too early, you may 
you could definitely, you know, end up in a relationship that is just the same as your last relationship. I mean, that would be bad news. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could end up in something even, even worse or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it it could be bad, but I would say just do it mindfully like anything else. I have more things to say about this one, but I do want to give Brian an opportunity to say some things before we go. Um, yeah, like I, um, I wonder if down on the list, there'll be waiting too long, you know, to, to start dating, you know, out of fear and mm-hmm. insecurity, uh, mm-hmm. which would be understandable. I think it's not on there, but it could be number six. Yeah. Could be. Um, because I, you know, find myself sometimes saying, Hey, you should maybe download some apps and like get out there and give yourself something like don't isolate so much in other words. Mm-hmm. So the, I, so, um, but yeah, I think the real danger and maybe one of you said it, uh, and I'm repeating it, but it's, it's dating is more of a way of making yourself feel better, you know, like reminding yourself that you're a good person, that you're desirable, that you're sexy, which is legit, you know, like we all want that. Um, but to put that on other people first and foremost, rather than, you know, doing it from within yourself is problematic and harmful. And it's essentially using people. And it goes both ways, you know, like it's like, it's probably all over the place in the, in the dating world, online dating world, especially where it's just more about people getting their own needs filled rather than like legitimately um, ready to be discerning and make good choices and um, move, move forward in their life. But qualify this by saying it's got to be so personal you know like so relative so person specific situation specific mm-hmm. i don't think anyone can tell anyone else when the right time is yeah and brian i like that you addressed what this could mean like what you're doing to somebody else also you're kind of like bringing that um unwanted yeah. vibe onto somebody else but also there's there's the personal side of it too like i remember really early on that like even if like a connection on a dating app didn't go your way it, it hurt much more than it should because yeah. of how vulnerable I was. And it was like, it almost felt like there was, you know, those were setbacks for my own healing. You know, I, I just, I, it just, oh. it, it hurt so much more, even if it's like you dated somebody once or twice and they told you straight up, like, uh, I'm not interested in you. I, I even had, I'm going to give real specific vulnerable. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this <laughs> because people, love it. people who I know listen to this show, but anyway, uh, a real specific example of that is one uh, one woman reached out to me and said, hey, I don't uh, feel a, like a romantic connection between us. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to, you know, stop seeing you or something like that. And I, was, I was like, I while I appreciated the bluntness of that and like getting to the point and not wasting my time, if there's not something there, it fucking hurt, you know, like yeah. <laughs> more than it probably would have like a year after I was divorced or something, because I wasn't better. I wasn't as well equipped. Yeah. To handle that type of rejection at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Did you feel a romantic connection with her? Uh, I feel like as a guy who gets divorced and let's, it's, you're like, you're, or you're freshly understanding that you're about to be divorced. You could probably easily get a romantic connection with most of the women that you're at, at least attracted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, something similar happen in God. Was it, it was like January maybe, or, or February we're, we're recording this here in April, I think. So it was, I don't know, three, four months ago or something, but a uh, person I was seeing, had seen a couple of times 
uh, I was pretty interested in, but our schedules didn't really line up and I was trying to make it work. Um, and she just called me one day and said that she had been seeing somebody else for about the same amount of time and he lived real close and his schedule was perfect. And she was really sorry, but she was uh, going to start seeing him exclusively and that fucking sucked. <laughs> um, but I don't, uh, you know, I don't regret having seen her for three or four times that I saw her. It was great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, that hurts, man. It stings. It stings, it burns, and freezes. <laughs> right. It does, Smeagol. It really does. <laughs> 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 right. Gollum. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. Yeah, and it's just like, like I said, um, John, can you attest to the fact that maybe like a year from now, like that might not mean so much to you? It's like, okay, cool. Yep, that's how it works. I get it. A year? Yeah, a year from now? Yeah, thanks for coming out. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't picture myself seeing anybody ever again. So yeah, a year from now is fine. <laughs> Whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, wait a minute. Well, John's going into isolation, Brian. We're going, yeah, into, yeah. going into isolation for a while. Yeah, alarms going off. Man cave. <laughs> yeah, Why do you say somebody... that. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. It's uh, boy, the the field out there is it's a minefield, and it's a it's a lot of work and effort and for very little, uh, payoff. So I don't know. I'm, uh, you're a little I'm, discouraged. It sounds like, yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. not, I'm just not into it, fellas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do something different. I'm not sure what, but it's not, it ain't going on the apps and it's not, uh, it's not going to the poetry jam. I'm not sure what it is, but it ain't that. So I don't you know. just need to go to the grocery store more frequently. I think like that's where everybody meets people. Right. Is like that right? The, the, the detergent aisle. I think detergent you know, aisle, yeah. That's you know, yeah. can you can I get that for you? That looks heavy. I have a buddy who it's like I'm sorry, this is just a small bottle of ketchup. Yeah, I can that get looks, it. That looks heavy. <laughs> then I drop it on her white shirt. <laughs> I can take that off for you. I mean, I can clean uh, that for you. Yeah. See, it's a lot of it just sounds like too much yeah. work. I'm not interested. <laughs> you had a buddy you were saying oh i have a buddy who who said like uh you just need to get out there and like approach every person you see like just go up and talk to every woman you see and like eventually you'll get somewhere and i'm like i don't know man that's 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 an awful lot of work here that sounds exhausting i got a i got a playstation at home i don't need to be out there doing that That sounds exhausting well well john we're 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 front row seats here we're gonna wait to see what happens next and are you meeting women on the playstation is that what, what i heard Sure. Yeah. There's. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption too. There's. There's like one. I think there's. She's like a, a milkmaid or a butter churn or something like that. She's a, you know, she's a real nice, real nice gal, like a Laura Ingalls Wilder kind of gal. She's out there hanging the clothes on the line and having bad teeth. It's great. That's funny you mentioned that because mistake number three is don't play too much video games. I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> don't I think fall we in are love with video game characters. We pro- yeah exactly that's what it is. So re-entering the dating game too soon. That is that is really good. We can probably keep going on that. Or you guys want to move on to the next one? Let's go to the next one. Yeah. yeah. The next one is, uh, and this was probably one of the only ones uh, of this legal website that is a little bit more legal, but, and I can't relate to this. So I'm going to have, I have to lean on you guys. Mistake number three is avoiding court orders and alimony payments. Obviously I can acknowledge that's a mistake, mm. that but is a it seems mistake. to be. I've, I've not made it, but I would not recommend doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <clears throat> Well, that's strange because um, my understanding is that a, di- a divorce decree is a court order and um, alimony, which is more commonly known as spousal support, is fairly common when there's 
varying uh, income levels. You know, they can categorize it all as child support if they want to, but there is money changing hands, like strong precedence for that. So I don't know how you can avoid it. Well, yeah, yeah often you're you're set up with like a garnishment or a uh, the state just um, pays through their either their child support system or their uh, maintenance system, whatever that is, so that you don't even really get a choice. It just comes out of your check. Doc. I, mean, I mean, maybe the, I don't know, that's a legal website. So they're mm. probably angling on what they can get for you. But um, I mean, avoiding litigation, if at all possible, avoiding using the court as a, as a conflict resolution tool. Oh, God, rat. yeah really good idea. Oh, let me give you one that's maybe not on here. Don't use your lawyer like a counselor. That's not your therapist. That's a $300 an hour guy who's only there to like write up legal papers yeah. and make sure you don't get hosed. That's not your therapist. They become therapists frequently. The ones that I talk to, like that's a lot of time build yeah. of just like help talking people off the ledge for sure. Yep. Yep. Wow. Find you a lawyer who tells you that right away. Don't use me as your therapist. That's I, my lawyer literally said like, and and it wasn't because I was doing it. He just said like, I hear I have a lot of people in here that come in here and, and want to talk to me for, for eight hours about the, the problems they're having and like personally or whatever. But uh, I'm not an expert and I'm way too expensive for that is essentially what he said. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Mistake number four is following the same routines as you did while you were married. And I'll give the subhead on this one. When you get divorced, your entire life changes and you will need to adapt accordingly. But at the same time, your protective instincts will also kick in and you'll probably be inclined to keep your lifestyle the same as it was while you are married in an attempt to maintain some sense of normalcy. Hmm. I can found you that think to be of a, interesting. Yeah. Can you think of an example of that? Like, what do you, what do you think that is? Like doing the laundry on the same day of the week or, uh, like seeing the same social circles. I guess I don't know what, I don't know what this is specifically. Yeah. Can you think of what that would be, Brian? I can't, I mean, I, at first I thought, um, you know, like being open-minded to create new traditions, new hobbies, new interests, like to just be willing to look at your life as a, starting a new chapter. Mm-hmm. as opposed to clinging to the past in a in a way that holds you back well and i can try to translate here know. too I'm, I'm getting i'm kind of picking up the vibe of what they're putting in here it's all about adaptability and they're saying like if you normally got up at seven o'clock and you would you know get breakfast ready for the kids and then you'd always you know uh go to work and then you'd come home at a certain time and uh, you'd, you'd have dinner, like all of these things as your normal daily routine are going to be changing. They're going to be broken. And if you try to maintain that same routine, you're kind of setting yourself up for some failure and you're going to get kind of get stuck a little mm. bit, depending on, you know, the same things that you did w- while you were married, like everything is going to change anyway. So they're saying break away from that routine. Yeah, I can understand that to some degree, especially, uh, pertaining to the kids. If, you're used to having your kids at home every day and you have a routine with them and then you move out and you don't have them for a week at a time or five days at a time or whatever it is, you're probably going to want to find something else to do in the morning besides make lunches for the kids. Like, so that makes sense because otherwise you're just going to sit there and stare at those empty lunch boxes and cry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this feels like embrace change, you know, don't be mm. afraid of change. Um, yep. 
uh, tackle it head on as opposed to try to keep it at bay. Um, but at the same time, like there is something healthy about routines. And so if you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and that works for you, like don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't but then, that. then Just go to the gym cause. or go to the pool or take a walk and don't sit and stare at those empty lunch boxes. Change it up a little bit. Again, always about the lunch. That's all it is. That's all I do early every morning. Sit there and stare at those lunch boxes. Oh, I wonder if there's a sandwich in there. Oh. When will they come home? Yeah, I'm just because I'm hungry. That's why I do it. <laughs> I like that. Um, and then we'll cap things off with this website's mistakes uh, with mistake number five, trying to, di- uh, to handle divorce by yourself. And this one's about um, seeking some help, um, getting therapy. Um, and the best way to make sure that your interests are protected is to hire a divorce lawyer. So they kind of like threw that little plug at the end at the end. So sure. don't do it legally by yourself and don't do it emotionally by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's good advice. Um, what is the biggest mistake? Um, let's do a little round Robin, the, the biggest mistake that comes to mind. That's not on this list. Mm, I, I would say that like the dating too soon or actually maybe not even dating too soon um this is maybe like a a uh like a subset of dating too soon would be to getting in or into a relationship yeah i was thinking that exactly yeah that's what feels like would be more distracting to me because you're probably not ready for an actual relationship or at least not what you think you're looking for the dating thing you can you can date mindfully and meet people i mean I've met lots of people where they are just recently divorced too. And the conversation is just basically talking about the divorce and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like that's actually kind of healthy and validating Mm and um, knowing where each other is at, that's fine. But like, yeah, if you start, start a relationship too soon, that could be a problem. Easier said than done, you know, because the biochemistry of falling in love is pretty freaking powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, can't really shut it off just because it's too soon or something, but like the, the, like knowing that that's happening as biochemistry rather than, um, being deluded that that's like, you've met your soulmate. Um, and maybe, I mean, who am I to judge, but like more likely you don't know that yet. And it that's yet to be determined. And if you're so distracted by the biochemistry of a new relationship that you're not, um, present for your kids, you're not present for yourself, you're not present um, for a divorce, which is a pretty big deal, then that's, you know, like sort of lose, lose, lose all around. Everyone loses in the end. Yeah. And if you're not, uh, if you're not present to uh, problems in the new relationship, if the new relationship right. is, is troubling or problematic and you're not, you're not um, doing something about mm-hmm. it because you're mm-hmm. afraid of being alone or something like that, that's a problem. That's a real big problem. But I think, <clears throat> sorry, I think it's all going to be, um, it's all going to be case by case because yeah, you could, sure. you could get into a relationship that's, <clears throat> that's very mindful and healing and understanding of like, this isn't, maybe a forever thing but for right now this is this is like yeah uh, we're both keeping each other uh afloat yeah. and that's fine too don't totally. don't deny yourself of that just be mindful and don't um don't let red flags or warning signs or or things like that you know uh set you up for your next divorce yeah yeah be honest with yourself see it for what it is uh, be honest with with her or him yeah mm-hmm. that's yep. that's the big part um, other big mistakes. 
Getting a puppy. Um, getting a puppy is a huge, <laughs> huge mistake. I don't know. Why is that a mistake? <laughs> it's not. I was just doing for the listener. I was just doing some sanding on my uh, at my house today, and my dog kept stealing the sandpaper out of my hand. So that was yeah. <laughs> my my ten uh, month old puppy now. So he's they are so lovably annoying. He's my divorce puppy. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Can I um, maybe interject a little bit here? So. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of truth to what John said. Like, I know it's kind of like a half joke, half truth, not that getting the puppy was the thing, but like I, I learned and for the listeners out there, I don't remember. I think we said this during our hello world, our very first episode, but I've I was married twice and divorced twice. Um, both kind of like came to an end, uh, the same way. Maybe I didn't learn from my mistakes. I don't know, but from the first divorce. And I always hate saying that because I feel like Ross from friends, but my, my first divorce, (laughs) I learned, I I wanted to keep the dogs. We had two dogs and I wanted to keep them and God, it made my life so much more difficult. And it wasn't like, there was no shared custody that we didn't have kids or anything. So it wasn't like the dogs went with the kids, which kind of makes a little bit more sense, Mm -hmm. but I learned from that. And this, this time around, I refused to have any part of the the dog. And I know that was really hard too. This might be a mistake on both sides. It was like really painful for me to like say goodbye to my dog. Mm. Um, had her for a couple of years, um, was a COVID, COVID puppy, um, raised her, loved that dog, but didn't really want a part of it because I learned from my mistakes. Um, and it, it, it's like a, a little bit of a, a win and a, and a loss. There's pros and cons on both of it. But I feel like the, this is where I wanted to interject. I feel like the pros outweighed the cons not having the handcuffs like you're going to be venturing out into a brand new lifestyle um and you might want to like you might learn that you're you want to travel whether or not you even have kids like you might want to be traveling and 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 having the dog be just an extra detail of you traveling was was kind of you know is going to be tough you know so if there's a if there's an option if there's a choice um i personally believe that um, moving away from the family pet is the right call, especially because like there was also emotions tied to it being a family pet. Like this was our pet when we were together as a family and that has changed. Um, so there's a lot to that for me. That's a, yeah. Uh, the, the making big long-term decisions too early is probably like a, a bright one. We can put a shine a spotlight on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's a dog is like a 15 year mm-hmm. commitment. Um, a relationship can be a long and, um, a long commitment, a long-term thing. You know, there are some, there are some long-term things you just have to do. Like you have to find a new place to live. Probably that's something you're going to have to do. Um, the divorce itself is like a long-term thing. You're, you're ending this forever. Like Louis CK likes to say, it just keeps getting better. (laughs) Marriage is for as long as you can hack it and divorce is forever. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I think that, just make sure things fit your lifestyle before you make really big decisions. And maybe for that first year, don't make a lot of huge long-term decisions like yeah. that, that you're locked into. And Brian, to further answer your question about what are some other mistakes, I'm looking back on my journal from a year ago, and this is always fun. It's almost like the a new sub-segment for us. Like when John and I like to look back on our last year's <laughs> journals and uh, writings and stuff like that, I would say a mistake that I made was probably biting off more than I could chew too soon. I knew that my goals were to try to make like my co-parenting situation very amicable and um, have it be, you know, really good. And I'll, I'll give a very, once again, once again, a very intimate, specific example of this. 
three weeks after discovering that my marriage was ending, um, we decided to keep our family trip booked um, with another like couple friend that had the same kid set up. We had done it like the, the, the year previous, maybe even the two years previous, the, the year previous at least. And we wanted to keep it going for the sake of the kids to try to, you know, give them some, they were looking forward to it. Didn't want to cancel it to break their little hearts. It was a very fun trip the, the year before so that they've been looking forward to it for like the last six months we had told them and stuff. And God, going on that trip with my separate, my soon-to-be ex, was a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> there was a day where, like, it was probably the single worst day of my entire year, maybe my entire life. I wrote that in my journal. Like, this was the worst day of my life. I ended what? up bouncing back and, like, making it work. And, like, it was fun. I actually enjoyed kind of, like, creating some memories with the kids, even though knowing, like, things were changing. Um, but taking that on so soon after was probably a big mistake. Was it just, was it just being in such close proximity with her? That was, it was, yeah. Close so proximity. Hard. And like, you're so much more vulnerable. And the reason like, I, I like the day kind of fell apart was like my, my soon to be ex, like, like, I'll just say my ex. Cause like, that's what she is now. Yeah. My, my ex said something that was normally kind of funny and jovial like you know what if our relationship was like you know still the same from years ago but it was very hurtful like uh at that time and i was like a lot more vulnerable than i would normally have been and it affected me in a way that i couldn't have anticipated and things just kind of like spiraled down from there it wasn't all because of that it just kind of like it it stirred up the the rat's nest or the beehive it stirred up the beehive inside of me of, of emotions and i i spiraled down and it was like i was I remember at one point on the trip, we were in Florida, um, Fort Lauderdale beach. And I was sitting on the boardwalk of Fort Lauderdale beach, crying my eyeballs out while the rest of my family and friends were like having lunch somewhere. So I could just kind of like, and in the, I don't know if you've ever been there, but like, there is no private place to go and like have a moment to yourself. Like there's, you know, like there's no like sh offshoots from the boardwalk there. It's all parking and busy streets and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I was just cr crying my eyeballs out. And I remember th this very specifically too. a, a random woman um, who was staying at the hotel of the place. I was just kind of like trying to like hide in a corner on a bench, you know, crying, shielding myself from all the people walking by. I was crazy busy that day. She, she just stopped by and she kind of double did a double take at me. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm just having a real bad day. And like, I'm like, like, she's like, do you want like some water or anything? I'm like, that would be really nice actually. So she went up and she grabbed a bottle of water for me and brought down a box of tissues. And it was like, Jeez, wow. It was like a, you know, it was like a divine intervention moment for cool me. It human. was like yeah. a yeah. real cool human, a real cool moment. Like, and I, you know, I, shortly after that, I pulled myself together. Um, mm -hmm. and I joined up with the rest of the people. And like the next day I rebounded. And like I said, had a really fun rest of the trip, but God, I would not put myself in that position again. That's a lot. That's yeah. A lot. I mean, similar to that. I, I, uh, talk to people that are bird nesting, you know, for months and months. Same. Um, and it's similar where it like makes a lot of sense for the kids and to save money. Um, but it just, it just tears people up emotionally to mm -hmm. sustain it for long, long term. Yeah. That might be, that might be something that should be on our list of mistakes, right? Is uh, yeah. bird nesting too long or bird nesting period. Don't know if that's useful. I, 
I will say I'm Too curious long. to hear what John's yeah, I'm curious to hear what John's opinion is, but I had to I bird nested for March, April, May, June, four months. It's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And I will have this to say about it. I would say somewhere in the middle of that, um, I would have said it was a mistake. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, mm-hmm. I will say in hindsight, it was a mistake bird nesting that long, but there was kind of like a benefit that came out of it. I became a little bit desensitized to like the, like my axis shit, you know, like, and, and yeah. having to deal with all of the, <laughs> the aftermath of like knowing you're, you're getting divorced and stuff like that. And it kind of actually helped me uh. heal quicker and move on more quicker because I was just like, um, now when I see her, it's like, I've already, I've already seen her so much during that four month period that it doesn't really have much of an effect on me. It doesn't have much power over me. Whereas yeah. if I hadn't bird nested for four months and I was avoiding her and like the few times that I had seen her, I might not have gotten to this point yet. So I might like stir up those old emotions and set me back. Um, so there was some benefits to it. So I, I guess I couldn't, I would have a hard time putting it on any list. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Too, too long is a problem. I bird nested for a year. Look Whoa. at you. Yeah. Um, Bird dogging it. The first the first six months were me trying to put the relationship back together. Oh, and then the last six a were a bit different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, you know, I don't know if that counts or not, but I mean, as far as she was concerned, we were done, <laughs> you know, for the whole time. Yeah. I mean, oh, while, I think while you still have the hope, uh, I think that probably <clears throat> gives a different, yeah, that, that probably is more damaging than the alternative. Yeah. That, and then the last the last six months were like it was like October until April, and the housing market sucked, and it was really hard to find any place to get to, and I wasn't ready to like move into a temporary apartment where you know maybe I could or couldn't have the kids there, so I just stuck it out till I could find a place to buy in a absolute shit real estate market. <laughs> but uh yeah that was a long time that was un that was unnecessary it's not a great situation but like it, you know every situation is different you can you can only do what you can do but that is real hard that bird nesting shit is no joke mm-hmm. um brian i've got one more from the journal archives um that could be a valuable one um i would say that we you know this is while i was bird nesting too but it's real easy to let yourself get petty during that yeah. time. Um, and even like if you're not bird nesting and you've got your own place and you, you guys are trying to like make things work, it's really, really easy to get petty. Like, and, and like when you're dividing like your possessions and stuff like that, I remember there was, um, a cutting board from a, like a really good buddy of mine that he made with his hands out of wood. And I felt like, you know, like this is the one that I wanted. And luckily there was no beef about that, but I I would have been willing to throw down for it, you know, like, Mm. and I shouldn't have been like, like at the end of the day, my buddy could have made me another one, you know, it's It's like, he still has both of his hands. Yeah. It's just Mm. stuff. Both of his Mm -hmm. wooden hands. Both of his, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Just a couple of stumps. Um, But like, it's real easy to, to allow yourself to slip into that pettiness and yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, I mean, people like it, that impulse to use the divorce process as a way to, as a way to get revenge, you know, mm-hmm. like to use those discussions as a way to make, be made right or get paid back for all the pain and suffering that you endured. 
mm-hmm. is yeah. it just there it doesn't work that way. Yep. And I have a again a real specific example. I think Brian, your brother said that the you know the the, ex- the examples are are probably helpful, more relatable and stuff. So here's another one. Yeah, I think it's um, good. From deep down inside, uh, there was. Um, so we had made our holiday plan up pretty early uh, as part of our parenting plan. And we split up the holidays, odds and even years, um, pretty typical stuff. And um, I had the 4th of July for even years. And it was an even year that we got divorced. Um, as it turned out, the 4th of July landed on her week during one of her days. It was like a Monday or something last year. And she would have had the kids Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 4th of July on a Monday. And then she would have had the kids on the, on the Tuesday and then back to me on Wednesday, Thursday, according to our five, two, two, five parenting plan. And she asked if it was okay, if she had 4th of July this year, because she's going to take the kids to the cabin and it just makes sense. So they're not bouncing back and forth. And like, she'd just like to keep them up there at the cabin They you know, they'll, they'll enjoy it and stuff like that. And I had it suck inside me that I I wanted to start making new memories with my kids. And, and this was a hill I was willing to die on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, like it's 4th of July. I have plans. Actually, I tried to make some plans with, uh, with John <laughs> didn't work out. Cause I, I don't think John had his kids or you had something I, else planned. I or did something. not have my kids. I have okay. nothing going. Yeah. So it didn't work like, like, and I, and I had these plans and I, and I, I was willing to fight over it and it got really, really, really heated. And in a previous episode, I, I talked about, there was one time where my oldest son overheard us fighting about something. And this was the fight. Mm. This was the one time that he heard us, uh, raising our voices and asking if things are okay. Um, and it was really regrettable. Um, but that's my example of a time. And I, I ended up allowing, like just being flexible. I asked the kids like what they wanted to do for the 4th of July. And I just went with what they, you know, what they, what they chose. I said, you can do this or you can do this. It's your choice. We want to go to the cabin. I'm like, okay. I let it mm-hmm. happen, but it wasn't, it wasn't before me putting up a pretty big stink about it and probably showing some unnecessary resistance on a topic that was uh, a little bit, you know, less important than it was to me. So not the hill to die on, not the hill words. to die. On. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. the, that was me letting the pettiness come out and, um, you know, it turning, turning against me pretty significantly. And that was damaging for the the overall goals of, of anything that I had. So yeah. Yeah. What, what I read in that is that you needed to like prove to her that you had a voice that she had to deal with you, that you weren't just a pushover. Yep. Um, but you know, like that's just not that you don't, you're not in charge of how she views you or how she yeah. thinks like only yep. she is. And yep. so. yeah. And I'm and, only in charge of how I respond. Yeah. And this is a pretty new and fresh situation for you. And you're totally uh, within your rights to stand up for yourself and the things you want to do with your kids in this new environment you've been thrown into. So I I don't know. Routines. Not I, and I, yeah. And I flexed the muscle. I was just, uh, you know, it was a, it was a big flex. It's just practice um, for future need. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to, so uh, what comes to my mind is playing the victim. Um, and, and not, I'm not like you do it on purpose. Like, Hey, this is my tactic. Um, mm-hmm. but to get stuck in that victim thinking that, that you got screwed over and it's, you know, that shouldn't have happened to you. So the, your kind of life owes you now. Uh, yeah. Something. And that is, I mean, I, um, can sort of relate in that about a dozen or more years ago, I, distanced myself in some ways from the very conservative religion that I grew up in, which had consequences in terms of family relationships 
and personal relationships and my own relationship with myself, which was actually really painful. Um, and what I look back on and regret is just the portion of time that I felt victimized. Like I felt like a victim, like mm -hmm. this religion had victimized me the way I had been raised was, uh, I was a victim to that. And I was angry at like nobody really because there was yeah. no, no one a religion isn't a person so who are you really angry the at? institution yeah yeah um and i think i said things to people and thought things that maybe didn't say but weren't helpful during that time that was just damaging and i i i regret it pretty deeply um not you know like we're all human nobody's perfect i don't know if i could have avoided it but i look back on that if i could have avoided it i really would have yeah yeah the victim thing is really is really hard to not feel depending on your circumstances um yeah yeah and you have to work through it but yeah because well, it's true i mean and so right. you are a victim like it's right. not false but it's like this just not the whole story either right You're also it's not a victim it's it can be really hard to make any forward progress as the victim. The victim is always kind of stuck where they're at, uh, and you kind of have to leave that person behind to make any progress, and that can be really hard to do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So do your best to recognize that in yourself if you see it, uh, hear it from others if they see it, um, and do something about it because you can. You can choose how to think about yourself and your life. Yeah. What do you do about it, Brian? You Action choose steps. how to think about yourself in your life. You decide, you know, how do I want, what's the story that I want to tell about my divorce, about my life, about myself. And a victim's story is super compelling. You know, like I got screwed over. I did my best. I didn't, I don't deserve this, which is all sort of true. Like that's not a false story, but the other story is, Hey, we're all dumb and don't know what we're doing and and are vulnerable and the right thing is to be vulnerable in a marriage and sometimes you do get screwed over but that doesn't mean your life's over mm -hmm. that means you learned a really hard-earned painful lesson and there's a whole new chapter ahead of you to take those lessons into to be better to be smarter to be wiser to be funner to be less rigid whatever are the changes that'll make it better for you that's it's, it's, yeah. it's all about the story and you can choose the story to tell i like that yeah so it's like uh yes you got yes you were a victim yes you got screwed and yep. then what and then what like don't right. forget the, don't forget the and then what because yeah. that's what you did about it or that's what you did after it mm -hmm. yeah i like that um Unless there are more mistakes that you guys want to cover, we can probably um, go into the last two little portions of the podcast before cutting it out. But I uh, wanted to give an opportunity in case there are any other glaring mistakes that we may have missed. My mistakes are, are so glaring that I can't even see them. I'm living right inside <laughs> them all the time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, let's get into it then. So we've got uh, the last two little mini portions that we always do kind of ritualistically. Um, starting with the burning question of the podcast, the Brian oh. Burns burning question. Don't tell me you're not prepared because we do it every time, Brian. I know. I, I, sh I <laughs> should be prepared. Mistakes. 10 plus recordings now. And Jesus. I mistakes. Double digits. Yeah. Totally caught flat footed in this moment with a burning question. <laughs> um, so a burning question that I have, uh, let's, Give me, give me some time. Come back to me, JP. What's All the right, we're John, you ready for final thoughts? Sure. What the <laughs> hell? Let's, let's vamp on final thoughts. Let me tell you, 
you can probably hear in the background my mistake number one my leo dog is chewing on a dinosaur toy right next to my microphone where i'm trying to record a podcast like a goddamn professional and he's jingling and jangling and he's nipping and he's growling and he's biting and that's fine he ain't no he's not a mistake he's a good dog you're a good boy good boy uh final thoughts let's see um mistakes so this 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 topic came to us from from brian's brother um, and I, I think you texted this last night and I was sitting with it kind of like trying to think, okay, what are my biggest mistakes? And it can be hard to like, look back and think about things as mistakes. I think mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I probably did things I maybe would do differently, but like, that's the only way you learn things. And the, the God willing, you don't do this divorce thing too many times. So that's kind of your first, or maybe it's your second. And, um, you're going to, you have to make mistakes. You're going to, that's just the nature of the beast. You're doing something brand new and your whole life is changing. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, and I, I have said this on this podcast before people can tell you all day long, like, Oh, it's a bad idea to get into a relationship or it's a bad idea to buy a puppy or it's a bad idea to get a new job or buy a new house too soon or whatever it is. I have to make those mistakes on my own because you, sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. It's all, it, it's all conditional right? A, yeah. a dog, a dog fits pretty good into my lifestyle. I take, I took this dog up to the river, uh, fishing for a weekend to uh, two weeks ago. It was great. Yeah. No, no complaints, no notes. It was fine. You know, so you do, you make your, make your mistakes course, correct. Don't get stuck in one spot. Yeah. And maybe I get the theme of that, that I get is, uh, some famous words that, uh, yeah. a guy that we both like pretty dearly, um, he's always said to us, don't be so hard on yourself about it either. You know, like mm. you beat yourself up over your mistakes. Um, it's going to set you back. And that guy that I'm talking about is, uh, Brian Burns. Yes. Oh, thanks guys. Um, who yeah, comes to you now with don't the beat burn. yourselves over your mistakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who um, comes to you now with the burning question burning. of the podcast. Question, burning, question, burning, question. Burning, my, um, burning. so should we, uh, have my brother on as a, as a guest, should we I interview him? I mean, sure. he, he claims he's made a lot of mistakes. Should we find out what they are? If I'd the majority of our 10 listeners vote yes, then we'll have him on. Okay. Oh, you're going to put a Twitter poll up and see if we're going to have, what's your brother's name? Can we call him out? Can we, can we, can we dox him here? Um, I don't, well, his name's Jeff. Uh, All right. And, but I, I can't tell you what to do uh, with that information, but um, he's pretty, he's pretty easy going. He's entertaining guy to listen to. He's a good storyteller. So yeah, for the listeners that vote, that's my plug for I uh, like, for Jeff. I like this Jeff. I, I'll tell you what I like is that he's like a decade after his divorce, so he's way down the road from guys like me. So I'd I'd love yeah. to see his perspective on that. Yeah, and he's the lead singer for Jeff Leopard, I think. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's a band, JP. I think that's something else you're thinking. How did you know that? I yeah, googled it. Yeah, Leopard. he plays the bass clarinet, and his <laughs> band is called Jeff Leopard. Um. They're, the bass clarinet dist from Jeff Leopard's only got one arm. Yeah, right? they're making the rounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually, the bass clarinet player has got got the one arm in Jeff Leopard. It's different. It's really hard for him to play the clarinet. That, yeah, that's that's pretty sure that's what I said. Isn't that what I said? I don't know. I like it, uh, Jeff Leopard. It's it. the it's the Def Leopard cover band that plays your junior prom. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, that's all we got this week for the uh, Bad Weather Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm going to say it every time. Make sure you give us a like and a follow and a comment on any listening platform you're finding us on. 
check us out on Twitter at Bad Weather Pod. And as always, make sure you tune in next week for us. We got some more hard hitting stuff and maybe an interview with Jeff from Jeff Leopard. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye, guys. I wanna forget my bad days, all my bad days, and be okay, and be okay. Spend my spare change down at the arcade, and then I'll say, I'll say everything sucks.